Hey friends, thanks for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel today. We hope that God speaks to you in a personal, powerful way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Word of God with us. I'm supposed to be preaching today. I'm just kidding. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? It is a good day. And isn't it a great time to uh, just experience God's presence today? Isn't it just so wonderful to have a God who, uh, who cares about us, who loves us, who knows us, and who wants to meet with us? Amen. It's amazing to me that we have um, a, a relational God. And his word is so relational to us. And so today, as we dive into the word, I want you to keep that in mind, that everything in the Bible is about relationship. Everything that, every truth that's communicated to you through the word of God is about relationship. Okay? The Bible is a book about, not about hows or whys. The book is about a who. The Bible is about a God who loves you intimately and cares for you. Now, I have to preface everything else that I'm, I'm saying with that because today's topic is, is, isn't super comfortable. But I want to talk to you guys about Shark Week. Does anybody remember Shark Week? Okay, so back before, for, for all the young people who, like, don't know what uh, Shark Week is. Okay, um, back before Netflix... Um, and back before Hulu, and uh, before, actually before YouTube, um, we had this thing called cable, where they literally, you had to like connect a wire into your house to your TV to get channels and watch things. Otherwise, your TV was useless, right? But my family, we weren't like the biggest TV consumers in the world. Like, I mean, I grew up as a kid. My mom's sitting over there. She can tell you I was, I was a bookworm. I loved books. I loved to read. I spent more time doing that than watching TV. Uh, but one week of the year, everything else was canceled. The Discovery Channel had Shark Week, and it was glorious. I mean, they had all these shows where, like, they would tell these, like, horror stories about sharks attacking you, and uh, there would be, like, these videos, like, close calls, and um, there was this one year where they did this thing where you could, like, in a cereal box, you, if you bought the cereal, you get these, like, 3D glasses, and you put them on, and you watch the shark show, and it looked like they were coming out of the screen at you. It was the best. And my favorite thing was always whenever they would do these, uh, these like, um, slow-mo footage of, like, a great white shark, and he's, like, swimming through the water, and he jumps up in the air, and that's always whenever it switches to slow-mo, right? It switches to slow-mo, and, like, in my brain, I can hear R. Kelly singing, I Believe I Can Fly. Um, and it's just, it was the best, the best week of the year. Uh, I loved it. There were all the shark stories, and, um, you know, it, it was just, it was, like, my favorite thing uh, in, on, on TV, Right? And the cool thing is that, uh, the, like, it got you, like, up close and personal 
right? Got you up close and personal with the sharks, got to see them, got to see how dangerous they were. And humans have this fixation with dangerous things, right? Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, kids just want to like stick things into electrical outlets. You know, uh, people want to go skydiving. Um, let me think, uh, roller coasters, roller, I, I don't do roller coasters, I get really motion sick. But, uh, but people I know love roller coasters, I'm just not that guy. But they're, everybody's always like sitting on a roller coaster and, and you know, it's terrifying them. And, and you come off and you're like, well, how was that? They were like, it was crazy, it was, I was so scared. It, is that a good thing? <laughs> Apparently it's a good thing. So we love dangerous things. We love to get up close and personal with dangerous things. We, sometimes in our personal lives, we like to flirt with dangerous things. We, we like to entertain dangerous things in our lives. We like to say, well, yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I'll, I'll, I won't get too close to the dangerous thing. I won't, I won't get too close to that thing that kind of leads me away from God. I won't get too close to that person who's trying to lead me away from my relationship with God. The Bible talks about these things, and, and we, we see them, and we have these words that we use to describe uh, things that draw us away from, from, uh, from our relationship with God. We call them the world. You know, the world is all the things that try to replace God in our lives, the draw of those things, the flesh, our selfish desires, and the devil, the demonic forces that stand in opposition to God and what he's doing. And another thing that's dangerous that we get close to is false teaching. So we look at the Bible and we say, God, I believe this. I believe what you say is true. I just don't like this part, and I don't like this part, and I don't like this part. So can we just ignore those? Or conversely, we look at the Bible and we say, this is the only way to interpret this scripture. And everybody else who does not follow it this way exactly or read from this version of the Bible is absolutely wrong. I'm telling you that both of those things are dangerous. And all of those things in that list, the world, the flesh, the devil, the false teaching, all these things are sharks. They are sharks in the water of your life. They are things that are are standing in opposition to the work of God in your life. And they're dangerous. They're very dangerous. Anything that stands before God in our lives is dangerous. We treat these things like they're minor inconveniences instead of the deadly threats they are. Because in in their own way, all of these things lead us to sin. Okay? Sin, if you've never heard this word before, you can think about it like this. Sin is everything that is in opposition to God's will. Okay? So God says, you know, be honest. Don't murder your neighbor. (laughs) Um, Don't steal. You know, don't. Uh, you know, carry on with your neighbor's wife. Yeah? Okay? So sin is everything that stands in opposition to that. Well, it's okay to flirt with this person that you know is married. Well, it's, it's okay to lie to these people. You know, we're, we're, you know it, sometimes, sometimes we may not do it physically, but we, we, create, we commit character suicide or character murder on people all the time. And we backbite them. All of these things, all these sins, the Bible says very, very clearly that there's a penalty for these things, okay? That penalty is death. 
The Bible says it clearly. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But God has put a safeguard in your life, okay? Safeguards to keep you away from those things, right? To keep you away from sin and point you in the right direction, okay? We have actually lots of safeguards in our lives. We have the word of God, which is clear direction for you. We have the local church, which is a community to gather around you, to stand with you whenever you're facing adversity and whenever you're facing uh, trial and whenever you're facing sin, to say, hey, we're with you, we're with you. You don't have to face it alone. You have, uh, here, here's, here's where, we're, where we're getting to, okay? Is that there's one particular safeguard everybody hates. There's a particular safeguard that people do not like. Most people are cool, they're okay, you know, the Bible's cool, you know. Uh, church is cool, you know, I, all this stuff's cool. But the one that, that people always rail against, okay, spiritual authority. God has put people, he's put leaders in your life to help you stay on the rails, to help keep you from danger, okay? Don't get me wrong. I am not like a, I I am not the guy to go to if you want somebody to uh, bleed like red, white, and blue. Um, I love America, and I love that. I've just, I'm like, there's a part of me that's like anti-establishment. You're like, I want to listen to Rage Against the Machine or something. Um, not really. But there's a part of me that, that, that rails against that too. There's a part of me that, that fights. Like, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, to follow somebody else. And, and part of it is because culture has ingrained this in us, right? When is the last time that you heard something positive about a pastor or an evangelist in media. I'll take it even further. When's the last time you heard something get better, good about a, even let, let's, let's go with non-spiritual authority and go to secular authority. When's the last time you heard something good about a politician on the news? Man, it's real quiet in here. You don't. Why? Because culture tells us that you don't need authority, okay? In, in a certain sense, we as Americans are pre-programmed to believe that we do not need authority because it's the founding principle of our nation. <laughs> not, not all authority, but we, this nation was birthed out of ultimately a rebellion. We don't like authority in the Western world. We do not like people telling us we have to do something, we need to do something, we want to do something, but the sharks are circling. The sharks are in the water of your life. And even though we have these spiritual uh, safeguards, these spiritual lifeguards, if you will, that are around you, we fight against it. We say, I don't need that. But I'm here to tell you, and if you get nothing else out of this, you need to hear this. Uh, just, you need it. You need spiritual authority in your life. Okay? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm talking from experience here because I need it. I can speak for Pastor Rich because he's not here. He needs it. Actually, he's the first person to tell you that. Our eldership, they need it. They'll tell you that too. 
We need spiritual authority in our lives. In the Bible, in Hebrews 13, 17, okay, I'm going to read you guys two different versions of this. The first one reads like this in the NIV. It says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so their work will be a joy and not a, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. I love this, this other version in the NLT. It reads like this. It says, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. Well, you might look at me and you might say, well, Kason, that sounds really, really, really self-serving for you to preach about that, being a pastor. I would almost agree with you. Except for the second half of that verse where it says that their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. I want you guys to know that anybody that I lead, I am accountable to God for. That means I have to give an account to him for every way that I lead. Pastor Rich has to give an account for every way that he leads. Are you guys getting the picture? Let me, let me, let me make it a little bit more clear. The Bible specifically states that uh, those who teach are held to a higher standard. And there are a lot of people who come in and out of this place and they have been hurt by leadership. There is leadership that has damaged them. There is leadership that has, uh, that has abused them. There is leadership that has manipulated them. And I want you to know this. That for every person who has been abused and manipulated and controlled by leadership in ways that are ungodly, God is a God of justice. And he will have vengeance on those who have led his sheep astray who have abused his flock. Sometimes we look at these situations and we think, oh man, these people are getting away with all this stuff. I'm telling you, they're not. I think about this daily whenever I'm interacting with people and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to help guide people. My, my role here is as connections pastor. I try to get people connected with other people and connected to this church and put in the right places and I am accountable to God for that. In every way, in everything that I do, I have to give an account to God for every way that I have led people. Some of us are, are mistrusting of, of leadership, and, and I, I understand that it's, it's hard to trust again. It's hard to obey again whenever you feel like you've been beaten up, right? That's difficult. I'm not, I'm not going to try and gloss over that. But what I'm telling you is that the word of God is clear, and he does say to submit to your authorities. But I'm going to give you a caveat. You want it? Here's the caveat. Okay? If you are ever asked by someone in a, a position of spiritual authority, whether it's here or anywhere else, okay, and they give you a command that is out of line with the word of God. You have my express permission to tell them in no uncertain terms, I will not do that. Because 
We may say that we are fully submitted to authority. We may, uh, we may have that uh, in our hearts. Our hearts may be to be fully submitted to God's authority. And then someone steps in and they say, I'm your authority now. I'm going I'm to lead you the right way. And they tell you to do something that's out of sync with the Bible. It's out of sync with, with God's word and what you know to be true. They'll tell you that. They'll set themselves up as the authority in your life. But the moment that they try to supersede the word of God, they have lost authority in your life. They've lost it. And people that are in situations where they're abused by leadership, guess what? The reason why those le that leadership is allowed to be abusive and the reason why that leadership is allowed to do what it has been doing is because they are rejecting leadership in their life. Because they have rejected the spiritual authority in their own lives. Every single situation that you've heard, there have been, I, I could rattle off names of pastors and leaders in the spiritual world that have been that have fallen from grace, let's just say it that way, over the past several years. And in every case, no one is watching over them. They're not giving an account to anybody. So they're leading all these other people astray because they don't have spiritual authority in their lives. So back to Shark Week. I love Shark Week. I love sharks. Sharks are amazing. But there are some crazy people, right? Some crazy, crazy people. And they do things like get in a cage with sharks. I got a picture right here. Or get in a cage in the water with sharks, I should say. All right, so just, just, just digest that a little bit, okay? That is a, you know, several ton killing machine. Um, sometimes they'll throw like bait and stuff in the water to make them like go into a frenzy or whatever. And these guys are in the water with it. These guys are nuts. They are. Uh, but so you look at that picture and you see these people and they're standing there or, or swimming there, I should say. Ooh. Does anybody got 3D glasses? <laughs> so they're sitting there in the water with these sharks. And if you took the shark out of the picture, okay, what do you see? You see a bunch of guys in a cage. And that's really scary, isn't it? Like being in a cage, we, we look at that and we think, man, we're, that, cage, that cage is constricting them, it's containing them, it's keeping them stuck in that one place, right? Except there's a shark there. And here's the thing, spiritual authority in your life is just like that cage. It seems like it's really restrictive. And on the outside, you look at it and you're like, mm, don't know about that, I'm not getting in a cage, right? Except that that cage is the thing that is protecting you from the sharks in your life. The things that are, are keeping you, that are helping keep you away from the world and flesh and the devil and false teachers, all these things that are coming at you from every angle. As long as you stay in the cage, you're cool. You're fine. The moment you get out of it, you're in danger. The moment you get out of it, you're in trouble. But that's how we see it. We see spiritual authority as this cage 
that's confining us and it's keeping us from what we want to do. That's, that's not how it works, though. In this particular case, we're looking at these people in, in this cage, and that cage is allowing them to live. It's allowing them to be, to have the freedom to live. It's allowing them to be protected from the danger that's around them. And that is what spiritual authority is supposed to do in your life. It's supposed to give you the freedom to keep on living, to keep on prospering. It's supposed to protect you from the things around you. You know, sometimes you need somebody who sees things farther than you do, who sees farther down the road than you do, who gets things that you don't get. Sometimes you need wisdom in your life. Somebody that can, that can look at you and go, that's not a good idea. Somebody who can, who can look at your marriage that's falling apart and say, you know what, you guys know, need to go to counseling. Walking away from this is not a good idea. Somebody who can look at you whenever you're about to make a financial investment and say, this is not a good idea for you. Why? Because you need to be investing in your own life. You need to be investing in getting out of debt rather than chasing some 30-minute fortune. We need that so, so badly. Whenever I was about 18... I moved here to do a ministry internship. I was laughing, laughing and tell people, I said, uh, you know, I took, I, I did, I did a, a three-year internship in four years, and yes, my mother is very proud. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but let me tell you about a, a, a time in my life whenever I kind of neglected to follow some authority. I'm going to pick on somebody in the room. You guys ready for this? Uh, somebody that I love dearly, uh, Amy, Amy Vigalia, she kind of uh, pseudo-adopted me whenever I first got here, and uh, she saw that there were some patterns in my life that didn't work. Uh, specifically, I was in an inter- internship where the rules said I was not supposed to have uh, any kind of relationship, romantic relationship, right? Um, Amy saw me getting t- way too close to a girl, and she said, watch out. And in my 18-year-old, you know, uh, wisdom, I was like, I'm fine, I got this. I did not have it. I did not have this, okay? Uh, This is one of the biggest reasons why it took me to get through a three-year internship in four years. Because I neglected to follow spiritual authority in my life. Somebody that loved me and cared for me deeply warned me and said, you're going in the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. So I'm here to tell you, Amy, you were right. Let's have a hand for Amy. Or how about this? Sometimes, sometimes it's not just about what's going on in your life spiritually. Sometimes you need leadership in other ways. Whenever I was a... um, a sophomore in high school, okay, uh, I was not the most athletic kid, but over the summer, okay, I shot up like four inches, okay, uh, during, that, during that time, uh, some other guys in my class did not, okay, some of the football players did not, and I had another guy in my class um, who later we became friends, his name was Travis, and Travis, uh, he was, he's, he's a bit shorter than me, um, 
but then he hadn't really like grown up into himself. And so we're in, we had this coach, his name was Coach Bill, and he was just the biggest guy you've ever seen. He's just like, he walked kind of like this, you know, he's just a huge dude. And, uh, it, and I would be lying if I didn't say that he and I didn't see eye to eye. Okay, he didn't like me, I didn't like him. But, uh, but one day in class, Travis and I got into a scuffle. We started kind of, you know, I was sitting in my seat and he kind of like jostled me, pushed me, shoved me, whatever. And I stood up out of my chair and I looked down at him. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm about to wreck this dude. Okay, we're going to go. Until Coach Bill jumps up and he yells, he goes, uh, he, he says, Travis, sit down. That boy's going to throw you across the room. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, that's right. You just got protected. What I did not understand is that I had that class with about 15 of the football team. Okay? And if I would have started that fight, I would not have left in a very good situation. I may have thrown him across the, across the classroom, but I would have gotten destroyed. But I didn't understand that. I didn't see that. I didn't identify that in my, you know, 15, 16-year-old wisdom. Um, that there are things that are out there that I don't get. There are ways that I need to be protected from things that I don't understand. Sometimes you need to be protected from heartache in your relationships. Again, in your finances, you need to be, you need to be guided in the right ways. And, and let me say this. You've, you guys have heard us talk about money a lot lately, Right? Okay, so first of all, just going just gonna to put this out on the table for you. Uh, Jesus talked about money like more than almost anything. And the reason why is because it's a heart issue, okay? And I have to watch my heart. I have to make sure that I am doing what God tells me to do in, uh, in regards to money, as well as helping other people with that. But the thing is that if you don't, if you don't embrace that, what, what your leaders are trying to do for you in telling you, that you need to follow God's word with your money, okay? You miss the blessing, okay? And this is completely out of my notes, so I, I just want you guys to know, I'm going off script here, okay? Because you really have to get this. Spiritual authority is not for me. Like, as a pastor in a position, it, like, it's not for me. Like, I'm not telling you this because I need you guys to follow me. Believe it or not, I, people here... Uh, are, are usually willing and, and ready um, to, to follow after, you know, where, where uh, leaders say. But, you know, it, it still is a hard issue, and it's a hard issue for a lot of people. But it's not, I'm not preaching this because I need you guys to be there for me. I'm telling you this because you need it. The Bible describes the anointing of God and it talks about uh, flowing down from, the, uh, from the, the head of the high priest, down over his shoulders and beard, and down as it flows down from top to bottom, from the leaders on down to the people. If you're not in sync with spiritual authority, you're going to miss blessings from God. You're going to miss the anointing of God in your life. And leaders are trying to get you to understand the truth that God wants good things for you. Yes, it seems like it's restrictive on the front end because you don't understand how badly you need to change what you're doing to get the blessing that God is, is giving you in your life. 
It seems really restrictive on the front end until you realize that behind that restriction is all of the blessing that God wants to give you. And guess what? That blessing is a limitless supply. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And even beyond that, beyond blessing, okay, being in a place of of rebellion against spiritual authority, okay, the Bible calls rebellion a spirit of witchcraft, a sin of witchcraft. Okay, and you kind of, you think about that and you're like, that that doesn't even make sense, right? To to our brains it doesn't because we don't see things uh, the way that God does. But here's here's where, where the secret lies with that, okay, is if you are not in submission to spiritual authority, okay, if you're not in the place where God needs you to be, okay, if you are not submitted, you're going to be feeding false information. Why? Because the things that you say and the things that you do are not checked by somebody who knows more than you or who has the mantle of leadership in your life, okay? Sometimes spiritual authority, you don't think they know more than you. Sometimes I don't think Pastor Rich knows more than me. I can say that because he's not here. But he has the mantle of authority. God has specifically gifted him and placed him in the place that he is right now. The elders are there because God has placed them there. They are the spiritual authority for this house. But if we are in rebellion to our spiritual authority, then we are in rebellion ultimately to God and his word, and then that means that we're going to be ineffective in what we do. In everything that we do, in every way, we might have a lot of followers, but they're not following God. They're following a person, a personality. Think about it like this. I love comics. I love Batman. Anybody else like Batman? Okay, we got a few. No? Tiff, come on. Actually, you have a very good reason not to like Batman, okay? And I'm going to explain it right now, okay? Batman in a comic is a really good idea. Like, you have this guy, and he's like, I am vengeance. You know, he's gonna like coming at you, and he's like taking out all the bad guys, right? Except that Batman is not beholden to anybody, okay? If he decides one day that he is vengeance just a little too much, okay? And uh, instead of being, you know, his I, I don't kill, you know, uh, thing, if he decides to go John Wick and start boom headshotting people, um, there's nobody that can stop him. There's nobody that's going to that's gonna come in and be like, Batman, you can't do that. Can't do that. Why? Because nobody has authority in his life. So we treat ourselves in our life like we're Batman. And we flirt with sin. We flirt with dangerous things. We flirt with false teaching in our lives. We listen to people that say words that sound good to our ears, but they don't find a root in Scripture. And we think that's cool for us. I know enough. I'm, I am stable enough as a Christian. You are not stable enough as a Christian. You are not, a, you are not believer enough to be your own spiritual authority. There ain't a person who is. God has not created us to be islands or vigilantes or anything like that. You need spiritual authority in your life. 
In the same chapter that I read to you guys earlier in Hebrews 13, in verse 7 it says, Remember your leaders who spoke the words of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Then it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in my brain, those things, it sounds like there's a whole break in the conversation, right? You know, uh, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Those things sound like they shouldn't go together, right? Except they do. We are meant to imitate the way of life of our leaders. We are supposed to be led by people who are following Jesus. Let me just assure you guys, your leaders are following Jesus, okay? In the, at least in this church. As much as I can see, we're following Jesus. We're going where he's going, and we are willing to do that. We want to see where God is taking us. We are following after Jesus. And we, it says that we should follow them in their way of life, and that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So leadership is not going to change who Jesus is. If leadership tries to change who Jesus is, that's a problem. Your leaders are not doing that. So today, before we go off and, and enjoy our, uh, you know, back to winter weather outside, we need to take a minute. And I want you to really ask yourself some questions. Here's the first question. Am I really submitted to spiritual authority in my life? Do I really have somebody who's watching my back? Do I have somebody that I am looking to for leadership? Do I have, here's really what it boils down to. Do I have a pastor in my life? Do I have somebody that I can connect with and that I can bounce these things off of? And guess what? If the answer is no, you have a problem. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. If you, if you are in that place where you're like, I don't have, I don't have, I don't feel like I have authority in my life. I don't feel like I have somebody who is able to, to talk with me and that I can, I can trust to protect me in these ways. We, we say it every single week. You can take out your phone. You can text 315-444-2100. You will talk to a pastor, most likely me. There is no excuse for you not to have spiritual authority in your life. Because I literally just gave you the option to contact me directly. You might have a crew leader that you look to for spiritual authority. That's great. They're deputized to do that. But you need to really ask yourself that. Does somebody have the right to call me out on all my junk? Because you need that. And secondly, and probably most importantly, what am I saying probably? Most importantly, you have to ask yourself this. Am I submitted to the ultimate authority of Jesus Christ? Am I submitted to his authority? Am I living life my way or am I living life his way? Do me a favor. Everybody close your eyes for a minute. I just want you to think for a second. I want you to imagine a world where there are no sharks. Not literal ones, I mean the figurative ones. There's no draw to do what's wrong. 
There's no violence. There's no hunger. There's no pain. There's nothing keeping you from uninterrupted relationship. Oh, man, that's where we started, isn't it? Relationship with God. Okay? This is how it was in the beginning. When God created the world, there was no, no strife, no hunger, no pain. Every, everybody was taken care of and provided for. There was no violence. But that wasn't good enough for us. That wasn't good enough for people. People thought, man, is this authority really what I need in my life? Is this authority that seems to be constricting me and keeping me here, is this what I really need? And so sin enters the world. And you heard me say it before, that the wages of sin, the penalty for sin is death. God has an answer for that, though. See, the second half of that, that scripture, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. God decided to, to come to earth himself, to wrap himself in the flesh of a man, live a, an entirely perfect life in full submission to the authority of God, full submission to his own authority. And he allowed himself to be crucified by some bad authority. He paid the ultimate price. That penalty that was hanging over your head, hanging over my head, it no longer does because of who Jesus is and what he does. That is the gift of God today. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, okay, we're, we're respecting people in this moment. If you would say, you know what? You know, Kason, I'm not living in submission to that gift of God. I'm not living in submission to the lordship of Jesus in my life. I haven't given him the right to, to call me out on the things in my life that I know are wrong. If that's you, would you just, just slip up a hand? Nobody's looking around except me, I promise. I see a hand, you can put it down. I see it, you can put it down. I see it, you can put it down. I see it, you can put it down. Anybody else? Wait just 10 more seconds. Just slip up a hand. Come on, let's all pray this together. Jesus, thank you for your gift. I'm sorry that I insisted on my way, but I want you to save me from the world, from the flesh, and from the devil. I give you my life because you already gave me yours. I accept your gift of salvation and I call you Lord of my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, I want you guys to seriously consider that. Seriously take this, this word to heart. As we go, the worship team is going to lead us in worship again. The prayer team is going to be up here in a minute. And if, if, if you have a check in your heart and you say, man, I need, I need to pray about this. 
something's not right. There's something in me that's not submitted. There's something in me that is keeping me from, from being blessed and keeping me from what God has for me. Please, please take a second. Come pray. Come have somebody pray for you. Come, come in and experience God's presence again before you leave. Well, would you guys just stand with us as we enter into worship? Thanks again for checking out this message from Believer's Chapel. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And it's our hope that you will make today that day to call upon the name of the Lord and to give your life to him. If you'd like to speak to a pastor, please take out your phone, text 315-444-2100, and somebody from our team will be in touch with you. Also, if you're making the decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, text the word Jesus to that number, 315-444-2100, and we would love to celebrate with you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.